Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In sports, the Kentucky Derby, did you see this? It's the second biggest upset in the race's 148-year history. It won 80-1 to 1 was the long shot. Yeah, and it was named uh, Rich Strike was the name of the horse. Sounds like a pack of cigarettes your grandma used to smoke. <laughs> Give me a pack of uh, Rich Strikes. Uh, the horse's odds uh, were 80 to 1. Uh, yeah, that's like uh, if today I was talking about President Bill de Blasio. You know what I'm saying? Can you, can you understand what that means? <laughs> so, Twitter continues to be an interesting conversation. Oh, Ian Bremmer had um, a great, I think it was Pew. Let me dig that up real quick because I, th- I thought it was pretty interesting. If you get your news from Twitter, and I highly recommend Twitter as a news source. It is pretty darn good. But you got to be careful with how you handle it. And um, among Twitter users that use the site to follow the news, I do. 57% say the platform helped increase their understanding of current events. It does for me every single day. If you know how to use it, it's one of the greatest sources of news ever. 31% though say it has increased their stress levels. You win some, you lose some, says Ian. But uh, yeah, it does both for me. It absolutely yeah. helps me with my understanding of current events and increases my stress level. Oh, yeah. I often emerge angry and depressed from a session with Twitter. Uh, perhaps during the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast today, you could lay out how you use Twitter. That'd probably be a good thing for people if you aren't on it. I think, I think you ought to be, I think you ought to use Twitter. I really think it's great. It's one of, for breaking news. It's the best thing that's ever happened. How do I sort through the hateful morons screeching at each other to get to that? That would be, you know, one of the questions people would have, including me. Well, (laughs) start with don't read comments. You know, the the person you follow that you're interested in their opinion, you can read that. Don't read the comments about that. 
Yeah, the funny thing about comments and, and, well, mostly comments, commenters on Twitter, is it's similar to the relationship between poo and flies. You know, the commenters don't come to that which they think is sweet and wonderful. They seek out that which they dislike so they can pour out their bitter hatred. So I didn't know how much porn was on Twitter. I don't, that's, like, that doesn't, that's, doesn't, I don't think of Twitter as a porn venue. It's it, to me, Twitter is a dry policy discussion almost entirely. But I guess it's, it depends on you know where you go and who you follow. And there's a former porn star that wants Elon Musk to ban X-rated content on Twitter. Uh, maybe she's a famous name. I don't know her, but um, she's 49 years old, so I guess she probably was famous quite a few years ago. Hit me. Perhaps I know her work. Well, it says here Lisa Ann, but that might not be her performing name. Anyway. Hmm. Um. Oh, she's the person that looked kind of like Sarah Palin. So they made porn. <laughs> I remember her. <laughs> oh, funny. But she says that Twitter is the largest distributor of illegal content to minors in the world and is asking that Elon Musk get involved in trying to stop that because there's, well, there's no mechanism, obviously, for checking to make sure you're an adult. Yeah, I like you had no idea of this. And I mean, I've seen various chicks who, who post, you know, provocative stuff on Twitter, but like porn, porn. Is there a limit for video? I've always assumed there's a limit on videos because like every video I've ever watched was pretty darn, darn short, like the horse race mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, 30 seconds of a Biden speech and that sort of stuff. They don't allow Which like a half hour movie or something, do they? Oh, no, no. Well, half hour movie, please. Who has the time? Well, how am I going to get through all the plot? I mean, you won't know. The, the crime won't have been solved or whatever the plot <laughs> is. You won't know sure. if they stayed in love, lived heavily, happily ever after. Anyway, she's just asking Elon if he can do anything about all the porn on there, have some way to verify your age to be on Twitter or just kick the porn people off. I don't know if there is or not, but I am for anything that gets uh, less porn easily accessible in society i've felt that way for a long time i feel that way even now more now as i got two boys that are headed toward puberty and uh just yeah i don't see any good thing you know, good about it lord knows i don't want this in the public schools but i wish there were a mechanism for teaching kids and perhaps especially boys although i'd have to think about it about how distorting porn is uh, in terms of uh, real sexual relationships, help them through that. I mean, if, uh, you know, just to pick a, a slightly silly example, you know, if as a young baseball player, I would turn on uh, Major League Baseball games and, 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 and seeing things that are incredibly rare and, and odd, frankly, portrayed as, uh, that which happens in every baseball game. Sure. I would think that's what I should do on the baseball field. And, and, and it's such a distortion of reality and it's bad for men and women. And it's just, uh, but I don't know. Within the family, I suppose is the way to do that. And I was happy, lucky enough to have a pretty good relationship with my son to talk about that stuff. But I never had that conversation with my daughters. The problem is you you can and need to say that sort of stuff, and I'm going to. But man, that isn't gonna. Your the, the sex is such a animal part of your brain. 
if 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 you're watching porn as a 13 year old, you know you can watch some stuff. Somebody can tell you now that's not a really realistic depiction of blah blah blah, and don't expect that. Right. And that's a good information, but that's still mm-hmm. not going to over over uh, overwhelm the part of your brain that just took that in and has an opinion about it. Yeah, yeah. Keep in mind when Jack says it's a real animal instinct, he is a furry, a proud part of the furry community. So speaking of Twitter, there was a cartoon going around that I actually haven't seen because it got deleted and I probably didn't put in enough effort to try to find it because usually people screen capture stuff on Twitter. So even if it gets deleted, it's out there somewhere. But anyway, it was seen as a a very um, uh, over the top insinuating Supreme Court justices should be taken out for their view on Roe versus Wade. Wow. The left view, right? That this is awful. Um, and the, so one of the comments on it from a uh, a guy was, not only is that cartoon not unacceptable, because the argument was about the cartoon, certain members of the Supreme Court should be targeted for assassination, said Holy this crap. Twitter with a fair number of followers. So a bunch of people said, hey, are you going to boot this guy off for having just said that? Twitter took a look at it, of course, and decided, no, that is okay. That is okay. That that flies under our rules. After reviewing the available information, we want to let you know that this person's the, his Twitter handle wouldn't mean anything to you. Hasn't broken our safety policies. We know this isn't the answer you're looking for. If this account breaks our policies in the future, we will notify you. So again, specifically, the tweet was, not only is that cartoon that they were discussing not, discussing, not unacceptable, certain members of the Supreme Court should be targeted for assassination. That didn't go uh, uh, run afoul of their policies. And so then Twitter, getting a lot of heat for this, uh, posted their policies for people that can be on and can't be on. Here's a summary of what isn't allowed on Twitter according to our safety policies. Threatening violence against someone or a group of people. Uh, Okay, wait a second. There's a whole bunch of these, but I think I'm getting hung up on the first one. Isn't that what (laughs) just happened? It wasn't threatening. It was suggesting that it should be threatened. Violence should be threatened. Celebrating or praising violence. Harassing someone or encouraging people to harass someone. Wishing Wait harm. Wait a minute. Wish, that one. Wishing harm on someone. Promoting that vi- one, too. Promoting violence, threatening or harassing people because of their identity, like race or gender. Promoting or encouraging suicide or self-harm. Images or videos that show sexual violence or and assault child sexual exploitation, or threatening and promoting terrorism or violent extremism. All those things can can get you booted off of Twitter, but they did not boot that person off. And Tim Sandifer retweeted this. Twitter's system for reporting violent threats is useless. According to Twitter, a tweet that explicitly calls for the assassination of Supreme Court justices does not violate terms of service that prohibit wishing harm on others. So what I don't I don't know what you do. It just it gives you an idea of what Elon is buying and how easy it would be for him to make it better without doing any of the scary stuff that some nut jobs are worried about. He could tinker around the edges. Like enforcing their own rules and make just it much be better. A non, just be a non extremist. Yeah, well, yeah, just be a non um so partisan you're willing to just overlook flagrant violations of your rules because it's yeah. on your side and in twitter would would get better you know it's interesting you bring this up i was intending to go into another a couple of cases of blatant selective uh, outrage 
coming from the left. Uh, one of them specifically tied to this very topic. Um, I, I never, I don't want to become the cynical person who, who trusts nothing, who believes nothing, who rejects everything. I think all cynical um, people are faking it. Um, That's but, kind of funny, uh, isn't it? <laughs> that was that's good. I'd had to think about that one for a while. Yeah. Maybe get stoned and think about it. Uh but what when I hear any sort of outrage out of the media these days or the Biden administration for that matter, I think it is 90% likely to be completely phony. Yeah, I'm there or, too. Or so one-sided as to be yep. Uh, beyond bias, beyond partisanship, into, like, you've got psychological problems. Yeah, I'm there, too, and uh, it, it I, I have a very flat response to so much news because I think, well, it's probably half true or not true at all or whatever, so whatever. You know, like the the story that the, the former sec def going around saying Twitter wanted to bomb Mexico. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's partially true. Maybe it's completely made up. I don't have the slightest idea, so I just... I just move on. By the way, Elon Musk, there's, he gave an interview somewhere. Oh, I guess he tweeted. I'll have to check it out. He now has 95 million followers on, tw- on his own platform. Elon Musk slams strong left-wing bias in Twitter censorship. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you just heard me give you a perfectly good example. By the way, if you didn't hear this yesterday, Tesla is paying for employees to travel to other states to get abortions, if that needs to happen uh, with the changing of Roe versus Wade. To give you an idea of... Elon's not some sort of right-wing maniac. If anything, he, he he started an electric car company because he's so worried about climate change. He wants to colonize the moon because he thinks we're destroying the planet. So I don't think he's a right... He just, he just sees what is obviously true. They're letting people threaten assassinating Supreme Court justices, but not letting all kinds of other stuff. Uh, Twitter seems to have something in common with the Department of Justice and the Disney Corporation. Maybe we'll uh, hold off on that for a little while, not red meat you to death. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. Just specifically, and then we need to take a break, but the Department of Justice is silent on the continued protests at the Supreme Court justices' homes, despite a federal law that makes it illegal to attempt to influence federal officials and the outcome of a court case. By picketing. Hmm. It's illegal. But, well, uh, it's our side, so we'll just let them break the law. Does that sound familiar, anybody? Mostly peaceful protests, uh, looting, uh, burning, no? Anybody remember that? You can comment on any of this. we got a lot more on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, and this was actually very cool. At the request of Ukrainian President Zelensky, Bono and The Edge held a surprise concert yesterday at a subway station in Kiev. It's amazing. That's, that was the first time a guy broke out a guitar in a subway station and people actually cheered. Bono is 62 today. It's his birthday. Happy birthday. Mr. Vox, uh, I you know maybe it's because I don't take public transportation much, but the, your buskers, your uh, musicians uh, with the case open, getting a few bucks, I love that. Always, always happy, and they're all and they're regularly good. They're good more yeah. often than not. And I'll usually peel them off a few bucks. Yep. Why not? Uh, you know the other thing uh, that I realized about myself, and this is so funny. Um, 
Judy and I went to one of those uh, like spring town square fairs with uh, the you know they had the street closed off and vendors sure. and there's a band playing and a beer truck and the rest of it is it great. Um, Face painting for the kids. I, am I the only one who does this? I'll walk by. They got all the tents and you got painters and crafters and guys selling beef jerky and dog collars and <laughs> and I'm trying <laughs> to think t-shirts and just you name it. And there's always like 30, 40% of the tents that nobody's at. Oh, I had and this. I, I had this And I weekend. look at them and think, nobody's going to buy that. <laughs> so do you and feel it, bad for them, though? Yes, it a, makes me feel yeah. sad. That's funny you mention that because I had that on Saturday. I was at this whole Earth Festival and the, and the booths, because I, I look at the nice guy and his ponytail and man, you put a lot of effort into crafting all those wooden knickknacks. And there's there's a, there's fifteen thousand people around here, and not a one of them is in your tent. That's just yeah. got to be brutal. It hurts my heart. I it really know. does. I know. And then I, it's funny that you would bring this up because then I had the conversation in my head. You believe in the free market. This is the market letting him know that that product is not useful or wanted. That's just a, a fact favor. of life. There's no way to get around. You know, I'm having this all, all this argument in, I, in my head while I'm walking with my son because I feel so bad that some of these tents are empty. <laughs> Well, and and I'm the guy who used to get sad every time we went to uh, uh, Panda Express because there was always a line out the door, and two doors down there's a Japanese restaurant that's always empty. Right. And this poor bastard put all his hopes and dreams in that restaurant, and nobody goes in. You got people lined up; they got to wait 15 minutes for highly questionable so-called <laughs> Chinese food, and nobody, not a, a human being, wanders over there and figures out, screw it, I'm not waiting in this line, I'm gonna grab some Japanese. Nobody does. God, you know, I, it, I, it makes me sad. <laughs> it comes up. I might, uh, I might have to ask the uh, the band the term PE from the show. When uh, when I was doing chemotherapy, I went through a period where the only thing that sounded good to me was Panda Express, and I ate there a whole bunch of times. Not oh, good boy. results either. Not oh. between the drugs in my system and the as you call it, questionable cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think yeah. this panda was fresh when you cooked it up. Oh. <laughs> Oh man, my my daughter Delaney is the bit, world's biggest Panda Express. What'd fan. she get there? Uh, I don't know. The the, prawn, the, the the walnut prawn stuff. That stuff is tasty. But oh, oh my yeah. god, it's like yeah. uh, it's like the doctor. It will give you this medicine to clean you out before we do surgery. <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> that and, and the Chick Fil A, which is fabulous. Now that's fabulous quality food. Crop. Yeah, that's yeah. quality food. There, it's the other one she loves. Uh, speaking of young women, we don't have time for this, but the headline is, and it is not hyperbole, how TikTok Live became a strip club filled with 15-year-olds. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. And not in the audience, on stage. Yeah, that's a... Uh, ay, caramba. That's a phenomenon I'm not really into, because the government told us not to have the TikTok app, even though everybody has it, right? Certainly a lot of young girls do. Um, all that on the way. Stay with us. And Getty. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's bigger obstacles. Use that upper body strength that you don't have. Hotter lava. This looks like my stomach after milk girl. And a huge volcano. What is that? That is the trailer for the new season of The Floor is Lava. Yes! My kids love that show. I didn't know there was a new season coming out. My kids love that. I mean, because it's a classic kids sort of game. Sure, yeah. And a new volcano. (laughs) I have not spent a second watching it, but I I love its existence. Um, Coming up, I want to talk about this great article I read in the Wall Street Journal the other day about a shoe manufacturer that's pulling out of China, how difficult that is. And it's all tied around the fact that it's coming. It's not maybe or it is absolutely going to happen. All these companies are going to have to stop manufacturing in China. It's just a matter on your timeline or their timeline. But stay tuned for all that. Right. And a quick follow up on the last segment. I just got a text from a good friend saying he's actually stopped by and bought stuff from the tent at the craft fair that nobody goes in. Just because he feels so bad for the vendor. Yeah, there was this lady with her candles, and just nobody wanted her candles. There were other candle tents that were packed full of people. She just looked like a really nice person. I almost did the same myself, just bought a candle. But that would be encouraging her. Nobody likes your candles, Grandma. Right, 
Right, right. Wow. That's true. So speaking of uh, children, as we were with the uh, lava show, I'm some of this imagery is kind of disturbing, and forgive me for that in, in advance, but um, you're paying my bills, MJ told the audience, running a finger over her mouth. $35 for a flash, one viewer responded. Another asked how much to send to her cash app. As she posed and pursed her lips, her long blonde hair dra- draped over her tight black bralet. Someone asked MJ to show them her feet. You owe me one. What? One attendee told her as requests piled on. Uh, these exchanges did not take place between adults at a nightclub. They took place on TikTok, block, TikTok Live, where MJ, who is 14 years old, was broadcasting with friends to 2,000 strangers on a recent Saturday night. Wow! 2,000! I, I, you know, I won't get hung up on this, because I know I say it all the time. I just can't. I get the supply. I don't get the demand. There's enough people to have 2,000 people watching that one girl and everything else that's going on. But anyway, back to Joe. Well, particularly given the fact that she is underaged, and I believe openly so, a Forbes review of hundreds of recent TikTok live streams reveals how many viewers regularly use the comments to urge young girls to perform acts that appear to toe the line of child pornography. Uh, rewarding those who oblige with TikTok gifts, which can be redeemed for money or off-platform payments to Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, etc. Wow. Uh, that users list in their TikTok profiles. Says an assistant dean at Harvard Law School, it's the digital equivalent of going down the street to a strip club filled with 15-year-olds. Really interesting. I, you know, and I don't want to make, make anybody uh, paranoid or anything. Um, and some of the demands are more explicit than others, as you might guess. Um, some are harder to detect, marked with euphemisms. Commenters say outfit check to get a complete look at a girl's body, pedicure check to see their feet, or there's a spider on your wall to get girls to turn around and show their rears, um, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, put your oh, arms in the I air, touch a- the ceiling. I came across that phrase somewhere the other day, and then people laughed at it. I guess I wasn't in on the joke. There's a spider on the wall. Okay, that's the lingo of getting a girl to turn around. I was completely unaware of that. Yeah, and uh, da, 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 uh, many simply coax girls, coax girls to show their tongues and belly buttons or do handstands and splits. In return, the girls are showered with virtual gifts like <laughs> flowers, hearts, ice cream cones, and lollipops that can be converted to cash. I think it was. I think I was looking at it was like a picture of Elizabeth Warren screaming at a crowd about the abortion thing or whatever. <laughs> And somebody said, wow. there's a spider on the wall. And then all the people in the comments were just laughing like crazy about it. And I had no idea what that meant. So it was kind of like wow. a, hey, Elizabeth Warren, show us your ass. Wow. Really? <laughs> I guess. I didn't get it. I didn't get the joke. Now I get it. <clears throat> so, I, again, I don't want to make anybody paranoid or anything. We'll post this article at armstrongandgetty.com. But, uh, you know, if you have a really attractive teenage girl and she seems to have way more spending money than oh, you can readily boy. explain... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I could see the temptation. Um, As a a dude or the dancer? Uh, As the young woman. All I have to do is purse my lips and and show them my belly and they throw money at me? My kids, uh, I got a 10-year-old boy and a 12-year-old boy. They're always trying to come up with schemes of like trying to make money and they're always kind of humorous. But yeah, if they heard... Wait a second, I can just post a little video dancing around like this and somebody will send me money? Hell yeah, they'd be into that. With no under, with no adult understanding of the world that you're wading into. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And how you're treading on dangerous ground, uh, and, and, and it's ground peopled with predators who are very, very clever at getting way, way, way further down the road than the child would ever be comfortable with. That's their, that's their skill. That in, you know, I tried to instill that in my children. Predators are really good at their jobs. Don't underestimate them. Be cautious. Anyway, speaking of criminality, this is really, really disappointing news from the New York Times. Atlanta rap star Young Thug has been arrested. Uh, apparently, Young Thug is a, I don't know, I, I'm struggling to find the words, youthful mm, criminal, um, gr- green behind the ears, uh, evildoer. Uh, young Thug is a, hmm, I can't come up with the words. Anyway, he's p- part of a, a giant criminal gang, or it would say allegedly, uh, that uh, kills people and sells drugs and the rest of it. So he is for real street cred. <clears throat> I don't know his work. Has he got big hits or? Uh, he has reshaped the rap world through his decade-plus career and inspired a host of emulators as three of his albums reached number one on wow. the Billboard chart. Okay, so he's a big deal then. Big deal. Yeah. You've had yeah. three number one albums, you're a big deal. An actual, uh, the, but an actual gang member. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Leader. Not willing to leave the lifestyle, even though I'm sure you got plenty of money. Yeah, yep. In fact, he's growing his business again, allegedly. Uh, the indictment alleges Mr. Williams, his real name is, uh, what is it? Uh, something very average sounding. Uh, Mr. Williams is a founder of Young Slime Life, a criminal street gang that began in Atlanta in 2012, affiliated nationally with the Bloods. Uh, his successful record label has variously been called YSL Records or Young Stoner Life Records. The label refers to its artists as part of the Slime family in a compilation album called Slime Language 2. Anyway, I thought it was interesting because I just read the other day, uh, somebody recommended a wonderful uh, TED Talk by a black man who points out that the only people in America who are allowed to or, or are celebrated when they write and produce music that talks about killing each other and selling each other drugs. And and it's enthusiastic. I mean, it's like celebrating it. Because there are, there are songs about uh, drugs and crime and stuff like that, but it's always like regretful. See how bad this is. See how badly this came out. You know, whether it's, the, you know, Leonard Skinner's That Smell or 38 Special. or uh, the, What's the, uh, yeah, 38 Special? No. Another thirty Anyway, um, and they thought, "Wow, that's that's a lovely cultural norm. We celebrate killing each other." And this guy was involved in a number of murders, uh, uh, allegedly. So, anyway, young thug turns out to be a young thug. Who'd have guessed? Yeah, I'll have to uh, check out some young thug on the drive home today. Um, I was listening to, I was actually reading a biography of uh, saxophonist Charlie Parker written by this guy who is making the point, uh, is going back into the early days of the 20th century and entertainment and the minstrel world and how similar in his mind, and this is a black author, um, how similar in his mind that whole thing was like the hip-hop thug-and-hoe culture that is so popular and how white people, you know, kind of get a kick out of watching black people play the fool, whether it was the minstrel shows or the a lot of the thug culture that's popular in music and videos. 
that was his take on it as a an older black gentleman, and it's the same thing. And why are we playing into that? Which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that's similar to the theme of the TED Talk, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think there's a fair amount of truth to that. Hmm. Oh, and s- speaking of uh, racial attitudes that are actually disgusting, uh, the Disney Corporation, as hypocritical as anyone these days, uh, you remember they actually suspended Hawoopi Goldberg for a couple of weeks for right. her idiotic comments about the Holocaust and Jews and is white people killing white people? It wasn't about race or ethnicity. It's just... If you hadn't brought that up, it would have never crossed my mind again in my life. And it was like, you know, a story for a couple of days reported everywhere. God, these things come well, and go fast. Obviously, there is a market for chucking around ridiculous, idiotic, irresponsible talk. Um, and, and the view Thank is... God. Uh, now, uh, yeah, uh, the View has uh, employed Sonny Hostin in the role of bitter, angry uh, liberal number four on the panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name has come up uh, a number of times. She stunned thinking people. I guess Friday she declared the idea of black Republicans is an oxymoron. Huh. She didn't understand blacks or Latinos in the GOP. That's interesting. That's demeaning, it's stereotyping, it's treating black and Latino people as if they're animals to be put in a political pen. I can't believe how insulting that is, but nobody cares. Well, and and obviously illustrates a very very narrow understanding of what the parties are about. Yeah, I would say, and and you're engaging racial stereotypes. Uh, Said Media Research Center Latino Director Jorge Bonilla, the silence is to be expected. Identity politics such as is that if you are black or if you're Hispanic or any other minority, it is expected that in order to play ball within the left's liberal identity playpen, then you have to subscribe to all the tenets of the Democratic Party in the far left. If you don't, you are a race traitor. So this is actually pretty commonplace. So I'm making an attempt to clear out Chinese-made crap for American-made crap, or at least non authoritarian regime crap that I buy. It'll be very difficult. As I was talking to my kids about the other day, I said, let's look around this room and pick out all the stuff that's made in China. I mean, it's it's everything. But I've got a couple of examples of companies that are trying to do that, and then some uh, argument on why they better start doing it, because it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Anyway, pretty interesting conversation um, uh, about all that. Stay with us. Coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Do you think that the Russian military is a paper tiger? I mean, we're not seeing a lot of success out of Russia. I wouldn't say paper tiger. And clearly they have a strategic capability that that there's been some talk about. But they did not live up to the expectations we thought they would be able to perform on the battlefield. Maybe not a paper tiger, but certainly a cardboard lion. We will discuss uh, the Russian military's performance, specifically their guided missiles and how sad they are. And back to the question of the air control over Ukraine. Uh, next hour, plus I know Jack wants to talk about companies decoupling from Chinese manufacture, and we'll absolutely get to that in hour three of the show. If you can't stick around or you don't get it on your favorite radio station, just grab the Armstrong and Getty On Demand podcast later on today. So this is just a delightful, delightful story, as if you needed to hear more about how diseased America's universities are and the whole system of education, how ideological it is. Um, I love this story. Oh, it's, it's, I, I, I hate it so much, uh, that I love it. It was a few years ago that California State University's Humboldt campus fired a dean after determining, determining he groped and forcibly tried to kiss two female colleagues. So this guy's way over the line. I mean, groping and trying to force kisses on people, but he is still employed making big money. And we can explain that case to you uh, coming up. Now, Jack, it's up to you. Do you think you have time to do the Chinese manufacturing thing that you were speaking of? Uh, I'll hold on to it. I'll get to it in an hour. Three okay. of the Armstrong and Getty show that you can catch by the via the podcast. 
excellent. So uh, there were at least four incidents in which this John Lee fellow uh, was accused of groping and trying to forcibly kiss female colleagues. He lost his appeal. They found, yes, he did it. So his office was emptied. And less than six months later, he was reinstated as a tenured professor making the maximum salary in the college he once led. Why? Because of what's called retreat rights. And by the way, he was a fully tenured professor in the department with the same women he groped and tried to kiss, and they could do nothing about it. These retreat rights are, it's a parachute that if you are a tenured professor, for instance, and and you say, okay, I'll become the dean of this college. If the next university president wants all his own people in there, or you decide, I hate this job, I just want to teach, you can go back to your gig. I hate which this is a job. Per- which is a perfectly reasonable thing. One of my best friends was a star salesman who was promoted to sales manager and said, I hate this job and just wanted to be a sales guy. So I know what happens. Uh, but the problem is at the utterly corrupt California State University system, uh, there's no like caveat in case you do something loathsome. They still can't fire you because you've got these retreat rights. Um, uh, CSU leaders have liberally awarded retreat rights to ha- high and low ranking administrators for years, including as a job perk to recruit executives. They're so common. One longtime dean told USA Today only an idiot would take a CSU dean job without negotiating retreat rights in the contract. Wow. But there's no caveats for bad behavior or anything. So you can grope women and stick your tongue in their mouth or whatever. They boot you out of the dean's office and you go back to max salary for life as a professor just beautiful and then usa today which you know was investigating this and they dug into it the spokeshole for this humboldt state university said oh well that uh, we agree that uh, that case was a little troubling indeed we've revised our practices on retreat rights after 2017 when the lee's case that professor happened blah 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 so they could be dismissed but then the usa today obtained copies of administrative contacts dated after that date and there were no such caveats and uh, there, there's another case, sexual harassment, abusive workplace conduct, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they offered him a whole pile of money. He said, no, nah, I think I'll just go back to being a uh, max paid professor for the rest of my days. Thank you. Anyway, you probably don't have that in your private enterprise. But if you're a state employee in Cal Unicordia, they got you covered. Excelsior. <laughs> Wrong state there, Governor. Queen Elizabeth II is going to miss the sort of thing that you don't miss when you're queen for the first time in seven decades, some ceremony. Man, all you do is ceremonies when you're a queen. Uh, oh, I would hate that so much. She's going to miss it for the first time and uh, continued rumors that her health is bad. All right. Um, she's, well, she's like 130, right? She's 130. is exactly right. Yeah, well, her health ain't great. Fact-checking is mostly stupid, as many people have pointed out. Um but the CNN fact checker got into Joe Biden's claim that he reduced the federal deficit pretty, deficit pretty good yesterday. So I was happy to see CNN being honest enough to say, claiming you lowered the deficit more than any other president after we spent more than we ever have in world history for two years during the pandemic is just ridiculous. So and two- again, and you tried to spend another mountain of money and were turned down by Congress. So on both ends, you're a liar. Yeah. So that, bad care. that was too ridiculous yeah. for even for CNN to put up with. The Late Show with Stephen Colbert halted their show last night because he got a positive COVID test. So uh, thinks he's got COVID again. 
Or is not bring that up, and I don't know if this is interesting to anybody else but me, but I was listening to an interview with him the other day, and he was talking about r- running the show. He's the boss of 240 employees. Mm. It takes 240 people to make that show run. And when he was doing his old show, the Colbert, no, not the Colbert Report. Yeah, the Colbert Report. He had 80 employees. So you need... Three, t- that seems like a ridiculous number. And you need three times as many as that to do one of those late night shows. I just, I didn't know that those late night shows were that labor intensive. No, me neither. I'd love to see, you know, the flowchart. I'd love to see a list of who's doing what. I'm going to book some actress who's got a new movie out. Okay. Here's a couple questions you can ask her. All right. What do the other 230 people do? I don't know. Lights, camera. So, uh, I'm going to start wearing New Balances instead of Nikes because I'm going to try to support America. I think we all should, and I think that is going to become a big deal for companies, whether or not you manufacture in China. We can talk more about that in Hour 3. If you ever miss an hour, you can grab the podcast. You can get it at armstrongandgetty.com or just search for Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's available practically everywhere. The Jamba Juice, the Internet. And everybody's talking about it. Oh, yeah, it's hot. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.